BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Here we are. How, how are you? Um, getting into the holidays is tough. Yes. Especially now with my dad going and it's, it's tough. Well, I'll just, I listened to your episode. Um, and I forgot the lady's name. Um, you were talking a lot about mental health. Um, yeah. and I was in the, I was actually, it was funny. I was in the car, uh, Monday driving back home from my trifecta weekend in, uh, Arizona. And, yes. um, you brought me to tears a couple times, <laughs> put it that way. Um, because the, you know, the, the, the subject of mental health, the subject of, and mental health doesn't mean that, you know, you're crazy in the head. Um, no. mental, mental health means you have a good stable mindset. You're, you adopt a growth mindset, you know, you're, you're, you're loving yourself, you're taking care of yourself, et cetera. Um, you know, I'll be bluntly honest. I've been racing the last three weeks straight. Yeah. And I, I was, I was in San Luis Obispo for, uh, all three races. Um, and then I was in Boston, I took a red eye to Boston. That was, that was tough. Got to Boston, no sleep, got in the rental car, drove to Fenway, ran the race, drove to Joe DeSena's farm up in Vermont, went, there's nothing really here. Snap, snap, snap. Picture in front of the sign. Going to leave now. No sleep. Got back to the hotel outside of Fenway. Finally went to bed. Um, before I went to bed, decided, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to register for tomorrow. Ran the race again on Sunday. <laughs> like a crazy person. At Fenway, if you ever, for the, for the listeners out there, if you've never been to one of these iconic stadiums, Fenway is just off the hook. Cool. Um, That's what I've heard. Fenway was, I mean, you walk through the doors and it's like, um, it was just like, these are the hallways that Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and, you know, all these guys walked down. Um, and then uh, got that done, flew home, hopped on a bird Friday, flew to Arizona for two. Actually, I only did two races. I did the super, the beast, and the and the super, because mm-hmm. I already had a sprint. I already had two sprints I could use to make my make up my six x trifecta. Uh, yeah. So as soon as I was done with that, I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to my friend um, uh, Jasmine, and I'm like, yeah, sister, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna set this one out. And normally I would have just went, you know, screw it, I'm just gonna go do it. Um, but I said, I got, I got to set this one out. You go ahead and finish it, and. Uh, um, well, you won't get the trifecta weekend medal. I'm like, I got my six X medal. I don't care. Um, but I look back on it now, even being home for what is it, Wednesday, a couple of days, and it's like, why did I? Why did I go do that? Why did yeah. I decide to hit back to back three weekends of racing? And part of it is so I don't have to concentrate on the holidays. My dad's birthday was is coming up next. You know what would what would have been his birthday is coming up next week, so I don't have to focus on that because I'm just I'm just racing, and um, you know I have an uncle who's got cancer now and he's he's fighting it, which is great. And it's my dad's brother, and um, just all these things pile up, and it's like you know what I just got to have something to go race. I got to go have a goal. I got to go. I'm gonna go race. I just need to go. I can't hop on the bike right now and 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 ride. You know a couple a couple hundred miles. I need to just go race and do, just go do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm planning out my calendar for 2024 and making dang sure I don't have three weekends back to back. Cause that crap is tough. That's <laughs> it, it can I, be. And I've done it. It can be, but sometimes it's one of those. It helps you get out of your own head. And that's, basically what I've been doing the last three weeks is I just need something to go not focus on all the negative, go focus on something positive. And um, I know that when I go to, when I go to Boston next year, I'm definitely going to come in a day earlier and get some sleep before the stupid race. Um, but uh, uh, that was, that sucked. <laughs> that was, <laughs> the, I get out of the, on the first base or the, 
third baseline as we're coming out of the dugout or the opposing team's dugout. And the photographer just sees me doing this going, I'm at Fenway. I'm jaw dropped and, you know, five-year-old kid in a candy store. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was a good experience. I know there's some, like my ankles were just, I was wearing different ankle sleeves instead of my braces and my ankles were just on fire and that kind of sucked. But, um, met some cool people at San Luis Obispo. Side note, I got to LAX and I rented a car from a company called SIXT. I don't know how you say that, but, um, I get over there and they got kind of the hip, you know, like lights and neon and everything you know establishment and i said hey if you, you know it was just my birthday if you want to put a brother into a you know upgraded car i'm down and the the guy behind the counter was like yeah we, i like you yeah i can do that <laughs> turn the screen around put me into a brand new bmw 330i and i'm like uh nice what i said he goes yeah you'd be the second driver i'm like uh what it's like i'm not good looking enough to even remotely try to drive that rig so, but got into it and I said, you know, it's going to a Spartan race, right? Well, what's that? Got to explain it. And um, I, I think I had the hottest car in the entire place because I just roll up and I'm like, wow, big money. Yeah. But, but anyway, it made me feel really good. Um, but uh, uh, the, the SLO race was really humbling and, and shout out to, to Woody Peters from, from Spartan because he was the course manager on that. And we get to a point where my body's just like, no more uphill, no more uphill. I'm done with uphills. I'm tired. And on the beast, we get to this one uphill and it starts to plateau. And again, you try to get out of your own head. So you're not trying to like concentrate on the negative. And we get to this like just, I mean, we're talking 70 degree angle downhill. And I'm like, okay. And if you, even the people that were elites that, you know, that are just V cut and stud muffins, um, they even had a problem with it. And uh, I just sat on my tail and slid. And I saw a lady actually get hurt. Um, And I saw a lady uh, fall off beater and I guess bust her head open. And it was, yeah, they were, her, her team was rallied around her, which was good. But, it was kind of a kind of a humbling thing of you know as sometimes as bad as you think you got it can always be worse yes you know something else something else worse can happen so you know take up your take up your 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 weight that you're you're calling you're hauling around with you and keep going and um <laughs> you know it uh and i you know definitely pray for the lady on the hill and pray for the lady who got hurt off beater um but you know it's it's uh it's why I love doing these kind of things because you get like you said you get out of your head and you get moments of clarity that you wouldn't necessarily get otherwise um mm-hmm. and you can think a little better and be like, okay, you know life ain't so bad, things aren't so bad, you know <laughs> we're putting ourselves through this mental torture and physical torture, but you know we're gonna come outside outside the other side of it better there we go um and uh you know i some stuff like the holidays just it, it always has broken me it always has been very tough for me um when i was a kid you know i'm not trying to diss my dad or anything but my dad would go spend time with his girlfriend or you know somebody he was seeing or whatever and hmm. leave me at home and you know, it's like, and if I didn't have friends in my life that came and got me and, you know, brought me into their families, I probably would have stayed home for all the holidays. So it gets to yeah. be, it gets to be a lonely time. And especially being the age that I am and not married yet. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks, and they're not meaning, they're not, they're not being malicious about it. But it's, Oh, look at my family. Look at me and my family. Oh, you don't have one? Oh. And that gets tough. And it's again, they're not being malicious and jerks and making fun of me or anything. But um, that does get a little tough. So, Makes you know, sense. what's that? No, I said I could see that. Yeah. And so I go look for, you know, now that I race, like, hey, is, is there a couple of races I could do on that time? Is there... 
you know, is there a way I can, like, so tomorrow I'll go be with my adopted family at church uh, during the afternoon. And then, but tomorrow morning, I'll probably have my rucksack on and go do a 5k and then hit the gym before anything, um, just to get out of my own head for a while. Um, which is good. I mean, sometimes you just, you, you have to, I mean, you've got to get out of your head. Um, because that's the hardest part. And it's one of those things that we talk about that the mental health issues, mm -hmm. people don't realize sometimes that, I mean, sometimes those mental health issues, the only way for us to deal with them sometimes is to go do some of the stuff we do. Um, somebody will know this, some don't, um, which by this time, any any of the listeners, I mean, whatever, my sister-in-law is going to get mad at me for this, but oh. but she doesn't listen to this, so I don't care. My brother died <laughs> last week. Oh, so man. My, my oldest brother died last week. I'm sorry. From cancer. Um, it's a weird situation because I'll be honest, I've seen him twice in 25 years. Still your um, brother, he, though, but yeah. He lived in Missouri. Um, like, my wife's met him twice. I don't think my – I think my kids may have had, met him once. Um, in their entire lives um so i mean he wasn't a huge part of my life but he was still my brother yeah. um so i have been quiet about it i mean the only thing i posted i mean I, i'm sure you saw the post on on facebook where i just said fuck cancer and that was it that was like the only thing i said about it um i haven't posted it i haven't said anything just because you know out of respect to my my family right. but it hits weird and it becomes one of those mental health issues where I've been battling back and forth in my own brain of, should I be more upset about this? Why am I not more upset about this? Why am I not, you know, bawling my eyes out? Why am I not doing this? And I think it, it's people deal with things differently. And I think that's the hardest part that people have where like me, I've hit, you know, I've been hitting the gym every day last week i hit it four days this week i hit it three so far and i mean it's only wednesday you know and been swimming yeah. because i signed up for an iron man and so i'm like okay i gotta go so i've been swimming a thousand thousand meters every day i go there swim a thousand meters and then at my lunch break from work and then go back to work Dang. you know so it's been that's my way of dealing with it you know when sunday or saturday right after i heard i basically hopped on the bike and rode the bike for a yeah. while did a rock on Saturday with the the U Rock group, which by the way, anybody if you guys don't have the the rock straps, go for yes. it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was doing the the rock that I was. It's with the the, the U Rock that I've been uh -huh. rocking with here in Houston. They're the ones that made them. Oh, nice. So nice. I was sitting there using some. I borrowed some, and then I was like, yeah. "Hey, how much?" He gave me a pair. He's like, "Oh, you can just have them." I'm like, "Those are like seventy five bucks." Uh -huh. So anybody who doesn't have them, those things are amazing. By the oh, way. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and no, and it's Sunday, not sponsored by Uruk. <laughs> yes, this is sponsored by Uruk now. But um, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, and then Sunday, I went out, you know, and you know, went on a bike ride with my my good friend Jamie, who's my my my, you know, I call her my supper sister up here. Mm -hmm. Um, I miss my supper brother Brian, but Jamie's Jamie's been doing great. So I went went for a bike ride with her, and I mean, it just kind of that's how I deal with things. I just go out and work out and do yep. what I can to get out of my own head. Because if I just sit and ponder, bad yep. thoughts start to form. <laughs> the, you know, the, day the negativity. The the day my dad died, my uh, my buddy was over. We're at my dad's house. We're trying to get ready to sell to pay off his bills and whatnot. Because my dad didn't have like life insurance or anything. He didn't think that far ahead. Not dissing him, just yeah. way he didn't he didn't think that far ahead. <clears throat> and over my dad's house and I'm trying just to keep my head about me because I was actually um he aspirated and then it was on on food and it was just three days later you know he was he was gone um but I was actually I was there that morning and I told dad I said you know if you need me or if you got to go I'll understand and yeah. um uh he he died that afternoon um, which is actually a godsend because he wasn't suffering anymore. Um, but I was on the way back from a place called Quincy, about 30 miles out, uh, away from me, um, getting his funeral arrangements done. So I wasn't even there. It was, he died alone. And they asked me to pull over and said, Hey, you know, let me guess. My dad just died. I said, yeah, he did. I'm like, okay, thank you. You want to come by and see? No, just call the funeral home. I got all that going anyway. Um, 
So my buddy shows up and I'm working on the house and, and I'm like, I just, just got to go to the gym. Well, let's go out to dinner. No, I just have to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. Yeah. And he, um, he was like, he's trying to push me to do what he wanted to do because he thought it'd be better for me. And I finally just yelled at him, I have to go to the blankety blank gym. I have to work out. Leave me the hell alone. And I got in the car. I drove away, went to the gym and told the lady behind the counter, who's a friend of mine, that my dad had died, had just died. She gives, gives me a big hug. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what I need right now, but thank you. Um, and I just worked out for like three hours. <laughs> I just busted the crap out of myself and I didn't, I didn't break down. And then um, one of my best friends, she comes over and, and she, she doesn't try to hug me or anything. She just, she comes over and, and kind of smiles at me. And I said, you know, don't you? She said, she was, she's actually the, the first one I texted after dad had died. I said, you know, don't you? She goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, Thanks for that. I, I just got to finish this workout. And it was exactly what I needed was somebody to go, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, not try to hug me or just let me do my thing. Thank you. And I just, I so much appreciate what she did for me that day. Um, and then we went outside and talked for a bit after workout. And um, it's just, it's just, I didn't need to be handheld. I just needed to get my, get what done what I set out to do. Um, when, when you were there this day uh, in Portland that year for Spartan Sprint, we had a hurricane heat that morning mm -hmm. and we had the sprint right after that. And, um, you asked Adam, the Cryptea, the, for those of you that don't know what a Cryptea is, they're the leaders of the hurricane heat. They're the, the drill surgeons, if you will. I remember we're standing there yeah. doing the whole, uh, iron cross with the boards thing and, um, couldn't talk. And I remember hearing, seeing you guys come by and you asked Adam, if you could go and give me a hug. And, um, and I still appreciate that, by the way. Um, yeah. And, you know, we didn't even say words. Just walked over, gave me a hug, and, just, and left. And, yeah. and um, yeah. it was only a couple of days after my dad died that I was there doing that. Mm -hmm. And I had friends back here that were like, well, are you going to, you going to break down? Are you going to, do you need, like, I just need to erase. I just need to get, need to go heal. I need to go do this because <laughs> my dad would want me to do this. So, um, Mm -hmm. I remember you hugging me and I just, I'm in, I'm standing in that iron cross position with the boards out to my side. And I just start, I just start tearing up. And, um, Adam, Adam looked at me and he's, because nobody, nobody's allowed to talk. Nobody's allowed to make a noise, but here I am trying not to break down in tears. And, um, he was gracious about it. So I thank him for that. Um, but then I went and finished the, finished the, the hurricane heat. And I told the entire class, I said, um, you know, about two days ago, my dad died and, uh, I had to come here. I had to do this. And, and the look on their faces, cause Adam already knew the look on their faces was like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, well, I need to come do this. And then I, uh, I went down to, um, you know, they all came and hugged me and actually one of the guys there, I guess he owns a, a hotel in Costa Rica, gave me his contact info. He says, anytime you need to come down, I, I lost the contact info because it was a piece of paper. Dang it. Um, but uh, um, I, I didn't even change my clothes. I went with the rucksack on and everything, went immediately to the start gate. I remember walking up to the start wall and the volunteer there looking at him going, I just did the hurricane. He get out of my way and walked around the start wall. And, um, I was talking to the MC Bear. Um, for those of you that have, that have never met Bear, he's a he's a character, but he's an MC uh, yes. for Spartan. And um, we we chatted, and I told him what was up, and he comes around, and gives me a hug. He's like, "Brother, that, I'm so sorry." And he, he's a veteran himself, <coughs> and um, he tell, proceeds to tell everybody, um, "Hey, it's my brother Dave. His you know his dad just died." Um, he's out here doing this. He just finished up the hurricane heat and now he's out here doing the sprint. Of course, my other classmates are like, yeah, so are we, but, um, <laughs> um, but it was, it was good to have that encouragement. And I, I was able to get it done and go home feeling better than I did. Um, you know, just sitting at home crying. Um, and there are still times, you know, like I had, I had a day where I saw something, online it reminded me of my dad and I just broke down in tears saying I miss my dad and um you know he's 
as much crap as we've been through together, he was my my biggest opponent and my staunchest advocate. Um, he believed in negative reinforcement. You know, you're too fat, ugly, stupid, so prove me wrong. Um, and but he also would defend me to his his dying breath. Um, when people come down on me, he would tell them, "Well, you know, my boy will prove you wrong." And, uh, and I think know. it's tough for a lot of people because they don't realize and it's tough for us to like break that cycle. But when we were younger, our parents, that's the way you were raised. It wasn't yeah. with the, the hooray positivity that we have now. It was pretty much like they told you your fault so you could fix them. Exactly. You know, this is your problem. You're, you're too fat. You're too slow. You're this, you're that. It wasn't. It sounds negative as all heck, and it is. It is, and I get it, and I understand the psychologies behind it, but it's also one of those reasons why for us, for me, my best motivation to myself is when I'm telling myself that I'm a fat, ugly slob, and everyone's and like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm rem reminding myself why I'm here, why I'm right. at the gym. And that gets difficult, too, because you know, I know um, the, the guest I was referring to said something to the effect of, Stop calling yourself stupid. And yeah. she said that right as I said it in the car driving down the road on 90 and no one was like, Mike, stop calling yourself stupid. And then she says it. And I'm like, yeah, go get some. But yeah, but I I had the same the same problem of okay, moron. What the heck were you thinking, dummy? Yeah. Um and they, that negative self-talk, you know, is what we do because we were raised with it. And it does mm -hmm. hurt our confidence. It does hurt. That's our image of ourselves but on the flip side of that coin i've seen too many people think they're all that in a bag of chips you know like yeah. i'm so good and, i mean i have so i know i'm bad about it <laughs> right yeah. me too and i know i'm bad about it i mean i'll i'll do it all the time it's like for a long time um the first time i lost weight like way back in 2010 um i lost a bunch of weight and everything and i had a picture on my desk of me at that time at my biggest wow oh. And everyone's like, why do you still have that picture? You've lost so much weight. And I'm like, because every time I decide, you know, because I would go down to the gym at lunch. And I'm like, every time I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go to the gym today. I look up and I see that picture and I'm like, that's why I'm going to the gym today. Mm -hmm. So I don't do that again. You know, and right now that's one of the problems I'm having. I've gained weight again. I'm not to where I was. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not where I was before COVID, but I'm not where I want to be. So it's, you know, a matter of getting myself motivated again and get moving. Absolutely. You know, and that, that can be tough. There was a, this is this friend of mine. I told you that I, that I was, I ran the super with at Arizona. Um, what, let's just call her Jay. I won't call her by name, but um, I met her. I met her at SLO, San Luis Obispo and um, her and her boyfriend mm -hmm. live in, in the LA area. And nice, nice lady, you know, uh, a few years younger than me and very personable, very upbeat. Um, and she used to run Spartans years ago. Well, anyway, um, you know, we're, we're doing the, the super together in Arizona. I told her, I said, I'm going to be slow sister. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done, but we get to, um, Bender and, um, she gets, and I, I pull over and take a break for a second and I see her trying to get up and grab the, the bottom bar of Bender. <clears throat> I said, well, I should go help her. And uh, she gets some help from a person who gets her up on that bottom bar. And then she starts to climb the backside of Bender, right? And I'm sitting mm -hmm. there going, okay, okay. And she um, gets she gets to the very top bar of the backside of Bender and she's stuck. And I'm like, okay, I, I've got to go help her because I'm she's light enough for me. I can catch her if she falls. And, yeah. um, uh, so I I get over there and she's hanging on for dear life and her, her this other lady goes, get your boobs over and you'll be fine. I'm like, I'm not even touching that guy. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> uh, because a so, lot of, I mean, honestly, women, you get your boobs over, that's the top heavy. And then, you know, exactly, you're fine. And if you're a big enough guy, I guess it's the same problem. But um, so yeah, she, yeah, she, I, I have the same issue. She gets herself over and she gets to the very last rung of vendor on the way down and she's stuck again and i i get over there and i said sister just if you got to drop drop i will catch you 
well, I weigh X amount of weight. And I'm like, okay, you're smaller than me, dude. It's not that hard for me to catch you. Um, and uh, like, I can catch your whole body weight and you'll never hit the ground. And anyway, she um, she was able with some direction to get her feet unstuck on that last rung and lower herself down where she was utterly freaking terrified. I mean, anxiety up the wazoo, said she'd never do that again. I'm like, till the next time. No, I'll never touch it again. And kind of the, the, the takeaway from that is when we have these, these, these anxiety issues, mental health, depression, whatever, is you've got to be willing to accept the help that's offered you. You got to be willing to ask yes. for it. And um, a lot of times uh, we don't even ask for it. We just think, oh, we're, we're inconveniencing somebody. Um, we got to the box. And... and I think that's another big point. What's that? Is not just asking for it, but it, accepting it. Yeah, not exactly. understanding that by accepting that help does not make me weak. And I think that's the hardest thing for me. I mean, I grew up thinking that if I have to ask for help, that makes me weak. Mm-hmm. My job in life has always been, I've always been told I'm there to help others. Yep. Same here. But nobody's supposed to help me. And that's been the way. And I mean, both, and I'm talking both mentally and physically, Right. like mentally and physically, I was always supposed to be one. I'm there to help others, but I don't ask for help. That that's not, that's not my way. I'm supposed to help you, but nobody helps me. I just deal with it all on my own. And that becomes, and I can see you are a lot in that same way. You don't want to accept health help. I've seen it on course. Do you know I've never I've seen I've it when we talk? I've only been over a wall once, like an eight foot wall. Yeah. Because I never asked for help. <laughs> so. And you have problems accepting it as well. So yeah. it's the same thing, not just on course <laughs> mentally. But also, you know, physically and mentally. And I've always been that way. I've always been the one, you know, when you see those posts that say, you know, the person that helps everyone sometimes is the one that needs the, the most help. And a lot of times, I mean, I really associate with that because there's a lot of times where I am that one. Like if someone needs help, I'm there with them. You're talking about Bender. I remember the first time I saw Bender in Montana, we had a friend who was terrified. So I had to climb up Bender behind her. Wow. So she was in front. I had was reaching around her, holding the bars. Wow. Keeping her in place the whole time up. And that was the only way she would do it. And it, I mean, she was terrified. I was terrified too. Cause I'm like, if she lets go, I got to hold my weight and hers mm-hmm. to keep us both from going off of here, mm-hmm. you know, and we got her up and over. And I mean, it was terrifying, but I mean, it was one of those things that never thought about it. It's like, Oh yeah, someone needs help. I'm there, yep. you know, you and that's kind of like, like the picture in the background. Yeah. That's world's tough. That's world's tough matter. Yeah. Taking yeah. Marla through it, you know, a 78 yeah. year old woman in a wheelchair, you know, yeah. I'm there, you know, the whole weekend. I'm just like, you know, everyone's like, what are you going to do if, if Marla, you know, takes a break? I take a break. I'm here for Marla. <laughs> that's it. If she's on course, I'm on course. If she's not on course, I'm here with her, yeah. you know, and that's kind of been my mentality forever. And I think that's one of the reasons I started having a problem with stepping away from Spartan because I stopped being able to ra- race with my friends and I lost my whole purpose. Right. If I'm just running by myself, who am I helping? Well, and in, in that case, you're helping yourself. I mean, I, I run a lot of times by myself because I don't have, yeah. you know, unless, unless, unless you happen to be on course or, or brother bogs or, you know, whatever, I don't really have a whole lot of friends to be running with. Um, and a lot of times they move faster than I do anyway. But the um, you talk about accepting help, you know. Jasmine and I get well, her name is Jasmine, but anyway, um, Jasmine, if you hear this, don't hurt me. Um, but uh, it's we get to um, the box, and I said, "Okay, sister, I know I'm not getting over this because I know I my ankles will not take getting on that on that knot and then pulling myself up. I can't even do a pull up yet." I said, "But I'm gonna help you get over it." She goes, "Well, you." She she goes, "Okay, great." So she gets herself up onto that first knot. And I just reach in, grab the backside of her, of her leg, and I just kind of yeet her over the box. And um, yeah. uh, she was absolutely dumbfounded because she's like, dude, like you moved me like I wasn't even there. I'm like, yeah, you don't weigh that much. <laughs> so uh, she gets to the top of the box and she says, you know, you know, this is equivalent to you doing the obstacle, right? I'm like, excellent. Thank you. <laughs> and, but she accepted the help and was able to get over her box and, and 
wasn't able to do it by herself. I was like, you know, that's that's kind of what I need to be doing is, is you know, when I come to that wall, which I have to have help get over the start wall. I, I Because it just, it walls, I could pick it up and throw it at you, but <clears throat> I don't have the hops to get over it yet. Um, no. But I had one guy at Dallas. I love that answer, yet. There's always a yet. I had one guy at Dallas, and this dude was, he had just done the ultra. This is like 2018. And he's like six foot two, V cut, muscles coming out of every freaking part of his body. And I get to that wall, and I was like, I think I was only doing the sprints. And I'm like, I'm not getting over that wall. No, dude, come on, man. I got you. He's, he's got the whole lats kicking. And he's like, come on, man. I got you. I'm getting you over that wall. Let's go. Um, uh, okay. And he picked my 300-pound butt up and just chucked me over the wall like I wasn't even there. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I start bawling. Like, this is the first wall I've been over forever. And it was a, a great accomplishment. Now I, I'm just too scared to ask for help to get over walls except for the start wall. But um, because uh, people look at me and in general like you're you're a little big to be going over that wall. Like, yeah, I know that. But um, you race with me, I'll get you over every damn wall out there. Appreciate it, and say and vice versa. Um, so what I'm saying is, um, December second, I'll be there for my birthday. You're gonna just run the beast with me, and we're going over everything. <laughs> work. A lot of work. Um, is my treat? Am I buying you dinner for your birthday on, on, on the second? But <laughs> I don't know. Well, it depends on where you're staying. I'll be in. I'll be staying in Sebring. So, um, I don't know. I'm somewhere. I'm with someone with Brother Boggs. But okay. Well, I'll have to stick up with you guys. But um, you know, even even the Florida race bugs the frick out of me because the last beast I did there, you know, there's so much swamp and so much you know, just water we had to go through. It's like, am I going to quit? Am I going to quit? No, I'm not going to quit. I had a, on that quitting part, when I got back from Boston, and I will not name this person by name because it could get me in trouble. There was a person at the gym who I was talking to a friend of mine who works there and telling her about the race and about the trip and all that. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Brought her back a sticker. And she thought, whenever I go anywhere, she's like my little little sister to me. She's like, bring me back the sticker. Like, okay, here's the sticker. (laughs) Um, so I brought um I even got one from I don't know if you can see this or not, but I've got one from the other market at um uh the other market at Pittsfield, Vermont, just outside Joe's farm. So it's the other oh, general nice. store that he doesn't own. <laughs> but uh, it's like I'm not going to your store, I'm going to the other one. Anyway, yeah, um of course. the guy the guy he's talking to me. And I know he probably meant well in his own head, but it just made me angry. He comes up, he puts his hand on my shoulder. Dave, as a friend, Dave, um, do you even have endurance? Excuse me? And he's talking to the person behind the counter and says, doesn't, doesn't he look like he wouldn't have endurance, but I look like I would? And I'm like, I just finished my 71st Spartan race. You want to try again? Yeah. Um, I just finished my almost 100th uh obstacle course race you want to try again when you want to pony up the dough and come to spartan with me we can have that discussion son until then shut your pie hole and it was just it's this this kind of the stuff i put up with my entire life you know you're you're not attractive but hey you can move my furniture you're not you don't have endurance but hey you you know you don't look like you have endurance but because you look like a giant fat kid but you're strong as an ox you know, that kind of thing. But and I'll be honest, it's usually the one thing I found. It's usually the big guys that have the most endurance. It's the skinny guys who don't yeah. have the endurance or the muscle bound guys because they go in the gym and they lift like crazy. But you tell them, OK, cool. You've been lifting forever. Let's go run <gasps> or let's go walk for 15 miles. And they're like 15 miles. 15? What? What's that mean? Yeah, yeah my, guys... my buddy Brian had that where guy was like just total power lifter like oh i could definitely do your, your workouts and he had him do like one of the the like battle miles workouts that we do and brian's in the middle i, I know of brian like, no you can't <laughs> like 10 or 15 minutes into it the guy's like falling on his face dying like what the hell is this you know it's like it's called endurance and cardio well, Try i had it. a i had a kid um in my youth group who says oh dave your workouts are too easy I'm like okay you little snot rocket and this guy was like a a, a 3A champion wrestler, football player, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. and I, we took him to the gym. I said, okay, and I got this app called FitBod that you, randomizes your workouts, and, you know, takes your goals and builds your workout every day. <clears throat> and I said, okay, brand new workout. 
from scratch, all the all the muscle groups in the body, give me three exercises. And we were there for three hours, two and a half. And I beat this kid to snot. I, I said, you're going to do my lift, you're going to do my weight, and we're going to do three exercises for every group of the body. By the time we were done, this kid was 17 at the time. By the time we were done, this kid was walking out that gym, his knuckles dragging the ground. He couldn't lift his arms. I said, you really want to you really want to push me again and say my stuff's too easy. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll show you. And, and I think what it is is because everyone, and it's one of those things I've noticed a lot lately, especially on Facebook. If things aren't, if you don't do things the way I do, they're wrong. And it's like, no, we're all different. We all have, like sure. we mentioned in the very beginning, we have different ways of dealing with mental stress. <laughs> we have different ways of dealing with physical stress. And sometimes we deal with them together. Mm-hmm. And people don't see that. They see you. And it's kind of one of those things, too. Is sometimes it's perception, too, because it's kind of one. I remember a post you made a little while back that said something about, you know, people call you big guy, you know, and it's a problem. And it was one of those things. I never thought about it till you said it, but. When people called me big guy, I just kind of thought it like, you know, boss, because I'll call people boss sometimes or something like that or whatever. That's the way I attribute it. And then it's like, have they been oh. calling me fat the whole time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have they been calling me fat? Is that why they were calling me big guy? And I just never thought of it that way. I just never put that into it. So I'm going to continue to think it's boss or something like that just to put well, a positive sure. spin on it. So, you know, but, but I just, it's one of those things that sometimes you don't, you don't understand sometimes what people really mean. And sometimes, you know, something like that where they come up to you and it's like people don't realize when they, they assume something about you, it can be hurtful. You know, they assume, oh, you have no stamina because you're a bigger guy. And like I said, I've watched Boggs walk 50 mm-hmm. miles. And Boggs is a big just, And he's a yeah. bigger guy and just keep going. Yeah. And going. And going because I'm still, I'm, I'll be honest, I've never hit 50 miles in one shot. The closest I've, I've come is 44. Not done 50 miles either. <laughs> I'd probably die. <laughs> you know, because when Don, Don hit the 50, I was with him. And at 42, my hip basically just gave out. Mm-hmm. And I was done. I couldn't, I could barely walk. I like hobbled back to the house, you know, for the last like four miles of that 42. So there was no, you know, I wasn't able to finish the 50, but I've never gotten the 50. Right. You know, and he's done it at least once, I think maybe twice, you know, and I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, you just got to keep moving. And mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, that's more impressive to me than someone who can run a two, two and a half hour, like, you know, half marathon mm-hmm. or a marathon even. Absolutely. I mean, it takes a lot of work to be able to, to be able to do that <laughs> fast on a marathon. But at the same time, you take that same person and say, okay, Go out there and move for nine hours. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Wait, <laughs> wait, what? Nine hours? I mean, my first marathon was nine and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That's wow. My second one was eight. Wow. I shaved an hour and a half. Woohoo. You know, my very last one that I did, the last one that I did was 439. Dang. But it was straight downhill. And that's when I was 180 pounds. Right. You know, I mean, but the one thing is, every single one of those was 26.2 miles. Mm-hmm. Actually, right now I did one after that. Four, I did a 530, I think, on my last one. Mm-hmm. But still, every one of those is 26 miles. Whether it was a nine and a half hour, nine and a half hours, or 4.39 hours, four hours and 39 minutes, still 26 miles. And a lot of people don't, they forget that. And like I said, I see something you, if you went out there, like me, did a marathon, even if it took you eight, nine, ten hours, you Most still went 26.2 miles and you spent that time out there. Most of my beasts moving. take me that long, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but you spent that whole time moving and going, and that to me is a lot more impressive. Appreciate that. Because uh, the mental grit. The physical grit, you have to put so much more into that because now you have nine, 10 hours in your head mm-hmm. on that course moving. And I have yet to see one time with you on that course where you weren't being positive to everyone around you Trying to and be, you weren't I being agree. an inspiration to everyone around that. you. Yeah. There was, um, 
You ever heard of a guy named Joe Joe Horney? Yeah. So Joe, he's uh he, he sings like the national anthems at most of the races he goes to. And um always a pleasure to see him. Well, we were we were we actually did a rendition of You've Lost That Love and Feeling and Leave It on a Jet Plane in the festival area at Spartan at uh, the super at Arizona. <laughs> and nice. it was and people were just so like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And I said, Joe, you be in Florida? Like, yeah. I'm gonna show up early and see the anthem with you. Okay, be there. Cool. Um, but I uh, uh, had a couple of guys, a couple two three folks at the super. I think it was like because I'll stop and take a break if I gotta stop and sit down for a yeah. minute. I'm gonna stop and sit down for a minute. I'll keep moving, but if I gotta if I gotta ten, spend five ten minutes there, that's what I gotta do. And which happens. And um, yeah, because I'm not moving for eight hours straight or ten hours straight. That just sucks um i'll get there but um a couple of these guys are like dude you know i saw you here yesterday uh-huh wow that's awesome yeah you too man cool peace and they were just dumbfounded that i was there the next day um or hey yes you know i saw you on course yesterday where are you from and they asked me and then one person's like hey you're calling that ocr like yeah 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 like oh my god i'm, I'm infamous now but <laughs> um infamous. I'm, I'm getting there but the uh, like the guy I started this stuff with, you know, and I God bless him. I I, I love what he what he what he, you know, the, the motivation he gave me. But that was the thing he always told me was, um, even if you got to stop and take a break, keep moving. Even if you got you walk, crawl, run, whatever, get across that finish line. Do the best you can to get across that finish mm-hmm. line. And uh, so shout out to my my brother Brent, the fallible man. Um, you know, it was do what you got to do. If, and if you DNF, you DNF. I mean, you, but you give it all in the course. You live it all out you there. Keep going. Um, it's like I always my 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 motto, and I've had this for a while. Everyone knows that I got from Jesse, um, Jesse, mm-hmm. um, OCR, or whatever. Yeah. But he uh, always forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple. It's two words, but always forward. You're always moving forward. Well, when you see you got like Paula Chance out there, or or Marla, or whoever that are in their eighties and they're out there doing the best they can. They may not do every obstacle. Then you see a guy like Joe Forney, who I think Joe's in his sixties or seventies. And he's running multiple laps of, the, of a sprint just for fun. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I have no freaking excuse. No, I'm not old. I got to keep moving. You know? I mean, I already see people like Casey who has no <laughs> legs. Oh yeah. Totally. Out there going for it. It's like, I've, I've used the story multiple times with Casey where it was like, the very first time I saw him, I'm doing like, you know, the Seattle like beast or something. And, you know, I was bigger than I am now and I was wrecked. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm done. Screw this. Sounds like my I'm first out. time doing the beast. <laughs> like this was the dumbest idea I've ever had. There's no way I can do this. I'm not in good enough shape. And mm-hmm. I walk around the corner and there's Casey, no legs, just going. And I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing. All right. Guess we're doing this. And off I go. And I mean, it was just like, it's one of those things. And it sounds stupid to say it, but it was just like, you get in your head of like, I can't do this. And then you see someone else out there who is taking every obstacle that's thrown at them and said, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. Well, I had, you know, and that's, that's where you are. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, people look at you and they're like, you do what? And they do the same with me, you know, even at the size I am now. What you you do Spartan races? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just I did World's Toughest Mudder a couple weekends ago with Marlin and did 30 miles. You're lucky if I got five miles out of that thing. Carrying a flag <laughs> for most of it. Uh-huh. I, I would this is the one thing I would say. I, I could see you at world's toughest, but this is what I would see. You would be one of the wall guys. Well, Either okay. the wall or mudderhorn. They're these guys who are godsends. Oh, amazing the people. They basically do they do one lap and that's yeah. it through the whole freaking 24 hours. They stop at Mutterhorn and then some of them stop at um Everest uh-huh. and just sit at the top or sit at the bottom, either one, either one, and help people get up and over. See, I'd be okay with that. I'd be totally and that's okay. All they with do that. <laughs> all night long. They don't wow. do any laps, they, they just sit there. All night and at Everest, you come up and you jump and you catch they catch you and they pull you up and over. And that's where they are all night. And I'm like, these people are angels. Oh, that that's something I didn't know you could do that. I just, I just got to complete one lap, but that, that might be something to consider for next year. 
Um, I mean, it's, back to the, it's amazing. Going back to the Casey thing, you know, the first time I met Casey was uh, Portland Sprint 2017. And I'm I'm sick the morning of, I'm ready to quit. Tell my buddy, I can't do this. My buddy's like, we just drove 300 miles. Get your butt out here and let's go. And I'm maybe two and a half miles into it. I'm ready to puke. And I'm like, dude, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. And I feel this tap in the back of my leg. And, it's, and I hear this, come on, brother, let's get this done. And I look down, it's Casey. I'm like, I got nothing. Okay, time to go. And we helped him up, up some yeah. obstacles. The next year, we're on the Super, I think it was, in Seattle. And um, I go marching along, and I see they had the, uh, like, one little mud hill that kind of switch backs back and forth until you get up there to where, mm-hmm. like, the, like, um, uh, hurdles and stuff would be. Like, whose brilliant freaking idea was to put this here? And I, I'm just being funny. I hear this, hey, Dave, and it's Casey. And I'm like, hey, Casey, mm-hmm. what's up, dog? He is towing his chair up the hill with a rope behind him attached to the chair, manning that thing up the hill. And I'm like, I got, I got nothing. And he gets up to um, about the three quarter point and asks for help finally. Uh, so they help him get his chair up. And then his buddy who goes by the code name arm solo, he's got, he's amputee, like one of his arms um, from the elbow down. And Jeremy, he turns around and looks at me and goes, Hey Dave, need a hand? And everybody in the course is looking at me like, what's Dave going to say? And I looked up at him and said, I'll take any hands you got, brother, but only one. <laughs> it was it was the greatest thing. People are like, I'm not sure if that was insensitive or <laughs> so, but it was it was a good time because I had, I mean, it's like they're out there and they're out there with those those things that would cripple a lot of folk. And they're like, no, I'm gonna do this anyway. Screw it. I'm done. Yeah. Let's make it happen. And that's kind of and that's what I love about Spartan and a lot of this. And that's one of the things like, you know. Um, somebody I've told a couple people this. I was pretty much done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was gonna keep doing the podcast stuff like that. I mean, you've heard some of the episodes. I'm done. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. It was no fun to me. It's just I lost all joy yeah. in doing Spartan, pretty much all of them. The last two weekends doing it with Marla and More Heart Than Scars brought all that back. Yep. It reminded me of why I started doing this. It's not so I can hit a podium. It's not so I can be the strongest person out there. It's not so I can be the fastest person out there. It's not so I can be the best person out there. It's so that I can make sure that somebody who would never have done this mm-hmm. and would not have finished and would not have got that medal, if I can make one person on that race course finish and help mm-hmm. them, then I'm good. You know, and, and that's the thing. And I, I lost it for a bit there, you know, cause I can remember, you know, I think it was Vegas like four or five years ago and it was with, you know, my, my, you know, the three amigos, it was me, Serena and, and Justin, the three amigos, which that was the one where I have the great video of us doing the three amigo thing right before we went over the, the fire jump. But, <laughs> but, uh, we had this goal. We were going to finish in this amount of time. We were going to make it. We were probably about a mile from finishing the super, maybe probably two miles from finishing the super. And we came across this lady that was just struggling mm. and she was having some issues and we're, we're sitting there and all three of us without saying a word, just turned around, helped her. And we stuck with her for the rest of that race. Yep. And did we hit our, our time goal? Not a chance in hell. Did we care? Not a Not bit. A chance <laughs> because we made sure that she finished because she was done. Yep. She was going to quit. And we're like, nope, no, 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 no. That's not even an option, ma'am. You're coming with us. Let's do this. And yep. we got her through. And I mean, that's that's what I miss. And for me, that helps my mental health. At the same time, though, like I said, both of us need to work on asking for help. Yep, I agree. You know, if we can get the reason I started Common Man OCR was if I can get one person off the couch. It's a win. If I can get one person to do hard stuff, whether it's a 5K, where they they come to a mutter or whatnot with me, whatever, it's a win. Um, mm-hmm. And I go back to the story of of uh, Fayetteville, 2018, I think it was. And I was out there, and I was ready to. I had a migraine in the morning of, you know, had a spoonful of nasty eggs at the hotel, etc. Almost quit doing the super. I was the last heat of the day of the super. And this guy, Woody Peters, um, met me at the uh, bucket carry. This is before they changed the rules. So I had the bucket on my shoulder. 
He goes, uh, you can't carry it like that. I'm like, well, who the heck are you? I'm Woody Peters. I'm the race director. I'm the course manager. I'm like, oh crap. Um, him and the course sweep. You know you're going. You know you're slow when the course sweep is behind you. Um, the course sweep. Duff Pauls have become two of my greatest friends. They're like they stuck with me the whole rest of that race, and they made dang sure that I crossed that finish line. And um, we get to the A frame. Hammond once. Yep. And Hammond, I love that. I love him too. Um, but the uh, the uh, Woody he turns to me and says, um, "Okay, Dave, you're gonna go up the A frame." I'm like, "Well." Yeah, it's kind of right in the way. I kind of have to go up the A-frame. So, and the second I, I, I like, I, I'm at least going to get this one done. And he taught me how to throw the spear correctly because I didn't know how to do that right. Um, and I stuck mm-hmm. it, which was epic. But I get to the A-frame, and all the volunteers and all the employees start coming out. Ah! Know me from Adam, and um, uh, I get to the other side of A-frame. There was no fire jump at the time because it was in North Carolina, and um, I looked at the finish line. I'm like, oh, screw. And I just, every ounce of energy I had left, get across that finish line. Um, and um, Woody has commented in recent years about, hey, you know, I've seen your progress. And yeah, you know, you're not where you want to be, but you're doing you're doing better. And always been an encouragement, always mm-hmm. been somebody that had my back. Um, but like we said about accepting help and offering help, you know, I could have told him to bug off, you know, leave me alone. But I was grateful for somebody to sit there and go, no, you got this. Let's keep going. Um, and just pushing me along to get uh, get the the job done. Um, and that was mm-hmm. that was probably the greatest race I think I've ever done was when Woody and and Duff, uh, you know, encouraged me across that finish line. But yeah, we do yeah. both of us do need to get uh, better at accepting help. Um, and I'll I'll just make this announcement now. You know, when we go to Central Florida in a couple of weeks, I will graciously accept the help to get over those walls and give the stuff that I can't get over. I'll at least give it a shot. Instead of walking around, we're going for it. Okay. There's there's some that are there's there's some that are going to be, you know, like I I will struggle with the inverted wall. I'll struggle with the box, Um, the walls. I'm not too, you know, if I have help, I'm not too worried about that. Um, But I really wish they get rid of Armageddon. I think that thing is so stupid. Um, Help me, I'll help you. That's what that's what we got. That's what we do. So, listeners, you heard it here first. Mike and I and Commando CR Iron Dave, we're gonna help each other out, and we're gonna yeah. see how many people we can throw over things. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the way to do it. One thing is, it's funny. I used to cheat on the, or not really cheat, isn't the right word, on the the bucket. I never carried it on my shoulder. You carried, I carried it, it on my bicep. Here? No, I would throw it up and put it here on my bicep, so it wasn't <laughs> on my shoulder. And I had multiple times where they were all, because I would. Tilt my arm down so it wasn't sitting on my shoulder, it was sitting on the crook of my arm and the bicep. That's they told you to carry it in front of you, Mike. <laughs> they just said not on your shoulders. That's true. So I used to do that all the time. I would carry it on my bicep. I would well, have all times and people would be like, You can't do that. And I'm like, You said not on my shoulder, it's on my bicep. Because in front of me, my lower back. Oh yeah. Your lower back starts screaming. So oh, yeah. it felt a lot better for me to just be up on my bicep. You remember the days where you had to fill the bucket? Yep. Yeah, that was. Then you couldn't do that because it was. Yeah, that was that was a great days. You're like, great if if it wasn't up to the if there was any light coming through the yep. holes, you had to dump the bucket out and do it over. It's like, oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But uh, people complain about the bucket nowadays. I'm like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. We... You would go through, you'd fill it up, you'd walk around, and they look at you and say, mm, "I can see light." redo it do it and again have to put more rocks in it and go do it in a lap until they were they were okay with how it was yep and they've they've kind of uh i mean it's so they can standardize it i get that but <clears throat> but you know the i was having a discussion with um with a person at spartan at, at arizona and um the uh kind of and i'm not i'm not dissing joe Dissent at all i know he means well but sometimes the way he comes off is a lot like the way people come off my entire life you know you're, you're fat and ugly um he's yeah. never said that he's never alluded to that but you know he know he does know that i need help we all need help to get to where we want to be but i've listened to his podcast and and you know, oh, if you just go plant based, if you just do this, if you just go out and work out four hours a day and hike twenty miles a day, you know you're gonna lose your, you're gonna lose the weight and be V cut and everything else. 
at least that's what the takeaway I have. And it's like, no, that's really not going to apply to everybody. But you know, okay. No. So this this girl and I were having this chat, and and she's um she was there working the event, and a bigger gal, you know, and um uh she's in the Spartan Plus area. Well, anyway, she goes, well, yeah, I know Joe, and uh, he does come off like that. He does mean well. I'm like, yeah, I get that. She goes, but you know, I've done 39 Spartan races and never had a problem. And uh, he's he's kind of alluded to me being a bigger person. I'm like, okay, that sucks. But uh, she goes, no, I know he doesn't mean anything by it. Well, I look her up online, and, and she she starts to follow Common Man, and she is a powerlifting champion. Not only is she a powerlifting champion, she's a 24-time powerlifting champion. And I'm like, just a few times. Holy, holy crap. Like, if anybody alluded to you not being in shape, stupid. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, like, this lady could bench press you. Yeah, she could throw you over the wall, the box, and the beater at the same time. So <laughs> She could just start at the start line and just chuck you to the finish line. Exactly. So I'm sitting there just I'm, I'm reading her bio and I'm like, holy dig. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but she I mean she's very in defense of Joe. And and again, I'm not dissing him at all. <clears throat> but that's what a lot of folks um where Joe actually has data and like know how to help people in that regard. Like this guy I told you about at the gym who doesn't have that data, who doesn't have that know-how. No. Do you even have endurance? I mean, he was being negative. Joe's being positive, but it only comes off negative sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, that does wear on your mental health because you're like, well, maybe I'm just a fat bastard. Um, but, you know, oh, well. You know, I, I saw people oh, all well. different sizes doing it. And it doesn't, you, you, and that's the thing that you got to remember. It doesn't matter how big you are. You still get up every day and you do it. And you're yeah. out there where most people are. <laughs> most people are sitting on their couch who are half your size, half my size. Mm-hmm. sitting on the couch making up excuses that they can't go out and do this you stopped making excuses and you just go do it i've got a couch i bought here a couple you know, last year i don't think i've ever sat on it ever i just got a new couch and the cats <laughs> just use it it's just a cat fur thing now but... exactly yeah and right next but to I'm... the couch is my my trainer where i can get yeah. on my bike and ride my bike while i watch tv Nice. I've actually got a bike desk I need to start using more that's got a I'm looking at it right now. It's got a platform on it to hook the computer up to. And mm-hmm. um I need just to use that. I need to bring it over here and use it for work because I got my my uh uh three monitors using my personal laptop right now. But um I need to bring it over here and just set it. Doesn't make some fun videos. Just like just like so a bike while I'm pedaling away. Exactly. Dave, why are you doing this during a meeting? I'm pedaling. Leave me alone. <laughs> but one thing that um leave me alone. You guys, you guys brought up in, in this the your previous guest that I was listening to on the way home. Um, you know, as a man, we were trained, at least in our generation, we were trained to not worry about our feelings, not worry about. Um, you know, we were just trained to get up, get our job done, go home, eat dinner, go to bed. And mm-hmm. I'm here to say that that's. If you don't take care of your mental health in some way, shape, or form, it's going to come back to bite you. And yes. you know, for those for those of listeners that believe in Jesus and Scripture, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a youth minister, volunteer youth minister. But you know, and I'll I'll you can go find the reference yourself. But you know, the the disciples come to Jesus. They say, "What's your greatest com- What's the greatest commandment?" And he says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." And the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. And if you look it up in the Greek, it's like, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. It doesn't just say love your neighbor. It says love your neighbor as yourself. So basically, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. It's like, yeah. okay. And it's taken me years to to deal with that. And it, it, it honestly took my dad passing away and seeing how much he got used, how much he abused his mental health um, and his physical health just to help other people. And it's like, sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to be willing mm-hmm. to say, I'm not going to go do that because I need to go do this. Um, I had a, an, I run a youth rally for the churches, uh, churches up here in the Northwest. And um, I had a gentleman call me and say, Hey, you know, we got, we got this youth rally coming up on November 11th. We want you to bring kids to it. And I had to push back and say, no, well, why not? Why can't you come? Cause I'll be on the other side of the country. Why? And he mean God bless him. He means well. 
Don't get me wrong. But I said, I'm, I'm scheduled to run a Spartan race. Actually, I'm scheduled to run two of them now <laughs> over in Boston. I'm, so while you guys are at your youth rally, I'll be in Boston. And um, yeah, he said he understood, but he was alluding to the idea of me canceling those plans just so I could go do this, this other event. I'm like, no, that's, this, this helps me. I'm going to go help myself for a little bit for a weekend so I can you know get out of my own head. Yeah. These kids have parents. I will happily let them know what's going on, and they can take their kids if they choose. But as for me personally, I'm going to go do this, and I'll see you guys when I get home. Yeah. And um, it's too many times I think people get this in their minds. Well, you've always done this, or you've always done that, or you've always been the one who will go to the bar and drink heavily, or you've been always the one who will go eat with us or eat crap food with us. And when you step back and say, no, for my life and my mental health, my physical well-being, I'm going to not do some things. And I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. They tend not to know what to do. And No, they don't. Like, okay, you know, sorry, I'm not going to go do that anymore. And no. <laughs> oh, well, but you got to take care of you. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. So, but I mean, it's as always, it's amazing talking to you. We have such a great, we need to do this more often. But Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.